we're doing? I think that was a word for you, Zach. Up to later. Hey? Hey? Wow. How good is this new stage, though? I feel like there's just so much more room, like, for activities. It's just awesome. You could, like, preach from everywhere. It's actually smaller. I know it looks bigger, uh, but it's actually smaller, which means that, I don't know if you guys know, but over here is, like, premium economy. Like, the aisles are actually a little bit bigger. Uh, Over here, it's kind of like economy, uh, and then, like, back there, it's like economy, economy, if that's a thing. Uh, So if you want a good seat, you need to get in the middle, people. That's where it's all happening. It's all happening. I'm excited about the sound system coming in as well. Uh, it kind of makes me like not as worried about you guys liking my preaching and more worried about God liking my preaching because if, yeah, just boom, you know, it could happen. Uh, but let's pray. Let's pray that it doesn't happen. I, I want to preach tonight, uh, which is always a good thing to do uh, when you give it a mic. And uh, I had a message prepared, actually, um, that was different. It was really funny. It was going to be great. It was awesome. And, uh, and then I, I, I was on a panel yesterday. Uh, recently, I was on a panel yesterday, uh, a young adults panel, and I got the list of questions. Uh, and then there was one question that really stood out to me, and it really got me thinking. Uh, and I was like, I got so racked up, so excited about it, uh, that I was like, man, I need to preach that this Sunday. And so I totally you know, threw the other message out. And uh, so tonight, I really uh, believe that this is a message um, for you. Uh, I think there's some people here that this message is really for you, and, and through uh, what Jeremy is saying and, and the worship, through what Steve was saying in the transition, I really feel like, man, God's just really hammering away at something, and so, man, I'm excited to, to preach it tonight, but before I get started, I want to pray. God, we just thank you uh, that your presence is here. I thank you that it's no accident, God, that you've got some people here tonight, God, that need to hear this word. And so I gotta pray that you'd remove me, God, and you'd speak through me, God. Uh, That, God, you would really use me, God, to share your truth. Uh, That this message, God, would change some perspectives, God would shift some things, God, that we would understand, God, the importance, God, of the process, God, of the journey, not just the end destination. So God, would you speak through this message, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, so here's the question. Here's the question that I read, and uh, it really sort of uh, jumped out of me. It says this, uh, what was your greatest challenge when waiting to step into your purpose, and how did you navigate that? What was your greatest challenge uh, in stepping into your purpose and how did you navigate that? And I think you, you might look at this question and be like, but what, what's so unique about that question? Like, what's special about this question? And if you're wondering, uh, the word your was used correctly. Uh, there wasn't, you know, it was O-U-R. You know, it wasn't, you know, with the apostrophe R-E. I know people get wound up about that. Uh, I know Frosty gets wound up about that. Uh, but let's be honest, is there anything you don't get wound up about? I'm not really sure. But uh, so, so there was, people like that. It was relatable. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, is it, what is it about this, this question that, that stood out to me? Uh, it, what is it like that, that sort of popped out? Because when you look at it on the surface, it would seem like a normal question to ask, right? Uh, and, and hopefully, I'm hoping that actually that's your perspective because if it is your perspective, then hopefully there's a mindset change that can happen and I feel like that's what God wants to bring tonight. You see, the thing that stood out to me is, is I think there's, there's a mindset in this question that is quite widespread, but I, I believe that it's a mindset that is flawed. And the issue I see is with the idea of waiting for our purpose. The, the idea that, that we're not yet living in our purpose, but maybe one day, someday, we'll, uh, we'll get 
to where we're living in our purpose. And sort of before that is kind of like this wasted time. Yeah. Uh, this kind of like in-between time. But you know, I really believe that as soon as we're saved, I believe that we're living in God's purpose. Yeah, uh, before that, we're alienated, we're far from God, we're rebelling against Him. But once we give our life and once we're born again, we, we're adopted into God's family and then everything God is using for His purpose. That, that everything is part of that, that process, everything is part of that purpose. You see, somehow I think we've, we've, we've narrowed down the idea of purpose to like that mountaintop moment. Yeah. We've narrowed down the idea of purpose to like the Instagram highlights reel. Yeah. Uh, we've narrowed down the idea of purpose to when uh, we get to the final product, like the, 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 you know, the peak of maybe where God wants to take us. But I believe that everything is part of God's purpose, that everything is part of living for his purpose. You see, I think, I think God uses all things to mold us, to shape us, to transform us into who he's creating us to be. And I believe that the more that God, uh, the more that God transforms us, the more that we become like him, then the more that God can use us true, but I also believe that he wants to use the process. I believe that the process is just as much part of the purpose as the end product. I believe that the process is just as much part of God's purpose as the end product. Are, we, are you with me? I want to explain this another way. Uh, I love having uh, Asian friends. Asian friends are great uh, because they help me to widen my cultural understanding and experiences. If you don't have some Asian friends, you should get, you should get some. Um, there's heaps of them, so it's all good. Uh, one of the things I love is that I, I recently I learned how to eat sushi. Like I'm 30 years old and, and I didn't know how to eat, thank you, Chris, eat sushi. But I thought that, that the wasabi and the ginger and the soy was just, all, you know, you just throw it all on top of the sushi. And, and most of you are like, yeah, that's what you do. But actually the ginger, you're supposed to eat the ginger by itself in between the pieces of sushi to cleanse your palate. I know. And so then you really get the, the sense of all the flavors when you eat the next piece. I know all the white people are like, whoa, like, you know, mind blown emoji. Uh, that's what I was like. Uh, and so the, the other thing I learned is that you can actually eat the whole of the, the prawn tail. It's actually because they deep fried, it's crispy enough to eat the whole thing. I know, I know, mind blown again. Uh, and, and then recently, over the same dinner where I learned how to eat a full prawn, I learned how to cook rice. Yeah, I know. I was ashamed to say that we had a rice cooker and it broke. Uh, and so we started uh, cooking rice in the microwave. Yeah, I know that's, you know, oh, like gasps, like, you know, it's like sacrilegious kind of thing. Uh, and so uh, over this dinner, I was like carefully explained how, how to cook rice. And I was like, you know, on the stove, like apparently how you're supposed to have it cooked. So I, I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to help you out. Don't say that we don't, we, our messages aren't deep, people, uh, and educational. So first of all, you need short grain rice. Again, okay, you start with short grain rice. Uh, and then after you have short grain rice, uh, you wash the rice three times, okay? So you put some water in a bowl and you stir the rice, stir it, stir it, you know, pour the, pour the water out get three times, okay? Three times you wash the rice because you don't need that starch. I, I don't know why you don't need it, but you don't need it, okay? Uh, and then what you do is you fill um, your rice uh, to like, everyone's got that first line on their pinky finger, you put that in and then the rice is at the bottom of your pinky finger and the water at that first line. I know different people have different sized picky figures, but apparently the rice knows, okay? The rice, <laughs> the rice knows, that's what they say. Uh, and so then once you've done that, you've got your water level correct, 
what you do is you put it on the stove on medium heat and you cook it and you wait till it starts boiling. Once it starts boiling, you put the lid on 12 minutes, okay? 12 minutes after that 12 minutes is finished, you take it off the heat for eight minutes to allow the rice to steam itself. And what do you know? Perfectly cooked rice. I, I did it. I tried it and it worked, like amazing. And how simple, like I, yeah, I know. Thank you to my Asian friends. Uh, and the thing is though, here's the, here's the key. Elam Chen told me that the key to cooking good rice is that you don't take the lid off. You don't touch the lid because if you check, is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? It's never gonna be ready. Hey. And I think, I, I thought that was just so profound for our life. We're so concerned with the end product that we're like going through life and like, am I ready? Am I ready? Am I there? Am I there? Am I there? That we're, we're stopped submitting to the process that God has taken us through because we're so focused on, on where he wants us to go. Hey, I'm called to be a preacher. Oh, I don't move chairs. Oh, you know, I've got X amount of life experience or X amount of, uh, you know, understand. I don't need to do growth track. You know, what can grow? You know, we, we have this attitude where we've already made it or we're so focused on the end product that we're not willing to submit to the process that God wants to take us on. And so we need to understand how important the process is. You see, the process is just as, much, just as much part of the process as the end product is. And I feel like all the time we, we miss the process because we're so focused on the end result. And I, I really want to talk about the process. And I don't know if it's just a bit my personality. I love systems and structures and, and process. And so when things happen, I'm always kind of like trying to understand or, you know, the things that led up to that to realize why that was the end result the process. And so I wanna share three things that I think that we, we learn and we grow from through going through God's process for us. How good is this? We're like saving the planet by not using plastic. The first thing is this. The process teaches us patience. The, the process teaches us patience. I feel like patience is probably one of the most needed character traits, but maybe sometimes one of the hardest to find and even harder to develop in our lives. But the Bible says that actually patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That when we spend time with God, as we develop and mature in our relationship with God, that patience should be growing as well. In fact, the Bible says that in Proverbs 16, 32, better to be patient than to be powerful. Better to be patient than to be powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. There's great power in being patient. In fact, I believe that success comes more often through consistency and patience than it comes through just given talent. We need both, we need both. And Malcolm Gladwell in his book called Outliers said that in order to master something, it requires 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours, that's like 20 hours over 10 years. And how many of us get bored because we got stuck in our job for a year? or two years and we didn't get a promotion. He says that we need 10,000 hours to master a skill. I recently listened to a podcast by a guy called Andy Stanley who's a, a, an excellent teacher when it comes to leadership and he was interviewing a guy who's like an expert on, on generations and how our different generations and our upbringing uh, determine uh, the way that we live and, and, and the way that we respond to the world. And he, he described our current uh, world that we live in using five words. And I, th I think it was so interesting and so insightful that I wanna share with you. He said the, the first way that he would describe the world today is speed. The world we live in is, is moving so fast. 
But the problem with that is that if we live in a world that is fast, we might conclude that slow is bad. We might conclude that slow is bad, but the thing is, is that some things in life take time. Good marriages, good relationships take time. The second thing he would describe the world as is convenience. We live in a world of convenience, but the problem with that is that we might conclude that hard is bad. That something being hard to do is bad. The third thing he said is that we live in a world that is filled with entertainment, but the problem with entertainment is that we might conclude that boring is bad. But in fact, research and studies have shown that boredom leads to creativity and empathy. Having that space to be able to think and and breathe means that we we develop our creativity. The third thing, uh, it says that uh, the world is, it describes the world as a world currently of nurture. But the problem with nurture is that it would lead us to believe that risk is bad. That taking risks is bad, but the thing is, is the risk is so good. Risk is how we develop. Risk is how we grow. And if we want to be entrepreneurs, it requires risk. And the fifth thing he said is that we live in a world that is uh, clarified or shown or, or the, the big thing in this world is, is entitlement. Entitlement. But the, the conclusion that we may draw from that is that labor is bad. Wow. Labor is bad, that I shouldn't have to work so hard to get this. Wow. You know, we live in a world that is moving so fast around us. And in turn, that may create an expectation in us that our own world should be moving just as fast. We live in a world that is that's just moving so fast, and so we think, well, what, well, why is my world not moving as fast? Why is this taking so long? Why is this so hard? Why is this so complicated? Uh, I remember while I was a youth pastor, someone came to me and said, uh, I'm gonna quit my job at McDonald's because they're not paying me for the work that I'm doing, you know? For the work that I'm doing, I'm not getting paid enough. Wow. I found it interesting that how he, the person hadn't even uh, finished school, maybe he had, he had no qualifications, no experience, but he expected to get a certain amount with no qualifications and no experience. Because maybe the world around him had told him that that's what he should be earning. You know, the thing is, is that when we live in a world that's moving so fast, it can cause us to believe that slow is bad. It can cause us to have unrealistic expectations of where we are in life. It can sometimes cause us to compare ourselves with those around us and where they are at in life. It can cause us to believe that our progress is moving too slowly. And the thing is, is that becomes dangerous because when we have unrealistic expectations and those aren't met, it can lead to frustration. It can lead to uh, feelings of failure, it can lead to disappointment, and you know, ultimately it can even lead to depression when we have those expectations. But the thing is, I really believe that when we realize that we're in God's plan, that this process is part of God's plan, uh, then we can be patient and content in the season that he has us in. You know, despite a world that is moving so fast and everything moving so quickly around us, we can have confidence in what God is doing. We can get, have confidence in what God is doing in us. And we can be confident to submit to the process that he has us in and know that we're still in his plan, that he still has plans for us, that he's still working through us and in us. This is the second thing. I, I believe that the process produces perseverance. The process produces perseverance. 
I think patience and perseverance are two different things. I think patience is, is sort of like your attitude and how you respond when you're going through things or, or your, your attitude of, of how you are at waiting. How do you respond to others that seem to be getting ahead when you feel like you're left behind? Wow. What is your attitude like? Do you try and push yourself forward into opportunities that you're not ready for? Or are you happy to wait until they come your way in the right timing? That's patience. But I think perseverance is the ability uh, to endure hard stuff. Yeah. It's, the, it's the ability to, to stick it out when things become difficult. Yeah. What happens when it becomes difficult? Are you, do you throw in the towel? Or do you jump ship or, or do you keep going? Do you keep pushing forward? Whether that be in a relationship, or whether that be in a job, whether that be in a situation, how do you respond or what do you do when things seem to go hard? Actually, in fact, the Bible says, Paul says that we should glory in our sufferings. I, I, I think that's kind of a strange mindset, but I think it's the right one. He says, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. I remember um, many years ago now actually having, having a conversation with my mom. And she was explaining to me uh, about her work situation and, and that she was having a like, real struggle with her boss who was not that great. And she said that she was going to leave her job and, and go find another job because the situation was just becoming too tough. And it must have been like prophetic or something. I just kind of like, you know, real off the cuff, just said like this, you know, comment. I was like, yeah, but mom, you know, if you do that, you're probably just going to end up with a worse boss and have to face the same situation and, and go through it. And I totally forgot about the conversation. I remember several years later, she came to me. She's like, hey, you remember when you said that thing? <laughs> Funny, because it, it happened just that way. Uh, and so she left her job and she found a new job. And, and the boss that she ended up working for was the same, but just way worse. And, and the situation that she had to walk through was way tougher and way more complex and complicated. But she knew that she couldn't just leave her job because it was something that God was teaching her, something that God was showing her. And she had to do it the second time around and even tougher this time. And I believe that it's so important for us to persevere because it's in that perseverance, it's in that difficulty, it's in that tough time that God really grows our character, that God really shapes us, that God really builds perseverance in us. Because I think that sometimes we think that when it gets hard, or sometimes we think when things go wrong that we're somehow out of God's plan. But I think, in fact, the reverse is often true. Yeah. Sometimes when we're walking through hard things, sometimes when we, when we have difficulty in our lives, it's actually God using those things to bring about something in us, yeah. some transformation. I, I don't believe that God causes bad things to happen, yeah. but I do believe that the word says that he causes all things to work for our good that he uses all things got to bring, good, to bring good things through us and in us. Suffering and hardship are part of the process. They're part of what God uses to develop his character in us. And if we submit to that process, it'll bring about perseverance, it'll bring about character, and it'll bring about hope. So come on, let's be quick to submit to that process. And... and perseverance, and keep persevering no matter what you're going through. Number three, I believe that the process brings perspective. 
The process brings perspective. I think perspective is important. I think the way that we interpret the world around us determines our outlook on the world. The way we interpret our situation, the, the way we interpret and understand what is happening around us determines the way that we see those situations. In a depressed person, you will often find a negative outlook on the world. And it's important that that changes before they receive healing. And I really believe that tonight there's some people where you're here and God wants to bring about a new perspective. You know, Steve shared that there was something that you need to remove or get rid of, but I, I feel like there's some people where that's gonna remain, but God's gonna change your thinking about that thing. God's gonna, God's gonna change the way that you see that thing. Maybe you believe that what you're going through is gonna be what breaks you, but I really believe that God wants to change that and show you that what you're going through is actually what's gonna make you. That there's some things or maybe that you've been struggling with for a long time and God wants to change your mindset and change your perspective around that so that not only you see that thing, but you see what God is doing, which transforms the way you see it. Isaiah says in chapter 55, verse nine, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's perspective than ours is very different. Very different. You know, they say that hindsight is 2020 vision. Imagine being able to see all the way to the start of time and all the way to the end of time at once. That's God's perspective. And his perspective is so much different to ours. I recently got this new camera lens. It's an 85 mil, 1.4, for those who know what I'm talking about. But the cool thing about this lens is that what it does is it, is it brings focus and it makes the subject of the image like really in focus and the background super out of focus. I know you've seen those cool photos where you know the subject's in focus and everything behind it is like blurry. This is what the lens does, it's almost like a cheat code. In fact, Steve was running around with it during the week and taking all these photos of the staff, thinking he's the man, being like, oh man, photography's so easy, like I could do this, you know what, like all this big claims that Steve always makes. And, uh, <laughs> and the, th- the th- <laughs> But the, the cool thing about this lens is that, that it, it really brings focus on the subject that you're, you're taking photos of, and it makes it come into the foreground. I've got another lens that, that's a wide-angle lens, and what that does is it, it means that you can see the subject, but you can also see the things that are happening around it, that, that you can see the context of the photo. And I think there's some people here tonight, you've got like this narrow focus where all you can see is your problem. Where all you can see is what's happening and and what's wrong. But I feel like God wants to widen that perspective so that you almost step back and and see what actually is going on. You may still see the problem, but now you can see the context of the problem and you can see what God is trying to work through you through the problem. That's perspective that our narrow view would increase to a wider view of what God is doing. You see, when we have a wider perspective of the process that God has taken us through, then suddenly our pain has a purpose. Then suddenly that difficulty has purpose. Then suddenly that challenge has purpose. You suddenly find that that hard stuff that you're going through, you can see what God is doing. 
I love that song that we, sing, that we just sang before, that there's another in the fire. That when we have a different perspective, we see that not only are we going through the fire alone, not only are we going through the trial alone, but God is in the fire. And I love what that, that ending bridge we sung, I'll count the joy from every battle because I know that's where you'll be. I'll count the joy. Like you change your perspective on what God is doing. You change your perspective on the battle and you start to see things differently. I'm gonna invite the, the band up as I begin to close. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Endgame. Anybody seen Endgame? I mean, I, I don't normally sort of watch secular movies, but Steve invited me and I thought, you know, I can't say no. no I'm just kidding, I love Endgame. I, uh, Iron Man's my favorite superhero. Read into that what you will. Uh, but what the, the, the part that I love about Endgame, and this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, I, I apologize. But I, I, I really don't. It's, it's not a real key part, so don't worry about it. The, the, one of my favorite parts of the movie is the character development in Thor. If you've seen uh, Infinity War, there's this moment where it comes to the battle and they're fighting Thanos and, and, and Thor, he throws his axe and, and he, he goes for the head, right? But he makes a mistake. And Thanos wins and wipes out half humanity. It's real dramatic. Uh, and this moment sort of begins to define who Thor is. It's just like this downward spiral where he, he views all of his, I guess, achievements within this failure, within this mistake that he made. And so it's real, it's kind of funny because it's Thor and he's, you know, like Thor. Uh, and you see him in the movie and he's like, he's like put on heaps of weight. He's real fat. He's like hanging out with a bunch of guys, playing Fortnite, bullying kids online, drinking beer and really overweight. And, and he's kind of like having this identity crisis moment where he's allowed his perspective of who he is to get caught up in this one mistake that he made. And there's this real interesting conversation that he has with his mother and, and, she, and he's like explaining what, what had happened and he's like upset, he's like, you know, I'm such an idiot, I'm such a failure. And, and his mother says this. He say, she says, idiot, no. Failure, absolutely. But you know what that makes you? just like everyone else. Everyone's messed up, everyone makes mistakes. She said, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, Thor. A measure of a person, of a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. And you, at the end of the movie, you see Thor wrestling with this and, and coming to grips with this idea that you can never live up to who you're supposed to be, but you can be who you are. He has this realization and we see him give up the leadership of his people because he realizes that's not who he's supposed to be. That's not his calling, that that's who he feels like he was supposed to be, but not really who he is. And he comes to terms with who he is. You know, I want you to realize tonight that the process, that the journey that you go through is just as important as the product. The process is just as important and just as much part of what God is doing in your life. You see, because when we realize that, when, God is, when we realize that God is actually working in the process, it gives us patience. When we realize that bad or hard isn't bad, it builds in us perseverance. And, and when we gain perspective 
on what God is doing, it gives us purpose in our pain. Come on, let's pray. God, I thank you, God, that tonight you're shifting perspective. I thank you that, God, some people have come in here, God, only seeing their pain, only seeing their problem, God, only seeing their shortcomings. But God, I thank you that you're widening our perspective. That right now, supernaturally, God, you are shifting some things in our hearts and our minds and causing us to see God more, causing us to see what you're doing, causing us to see the way that you've grown us, the way you've shaped us and the way that you've developed us. So God, I pray that you would build in us patience. Holy Spirit, would that be the fruit that is evident in our life? God, would you build in us perseverance? God, those that are here tonight and wanna quit, God, would you encourage them? God, would those that are here and wanna give up, God, would you keep them moving? God, those that are here that have let their eyes sink, God, that have let their head fall, God, would you raise it up? Would you cause them to see, God, what you're doing? And God, would you shift our perspective to believe for more? God, to see for more. God, to know what you're doing, God, in our heart, in our lives. And if you're here tonight, I wanna, I wanna pray one more simple prayer. You might be here and you've never invited God into your life. You've never started that journey with Him. You've never invited Him in. I wanna pray a real simple prayer. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray along in your heart. And after that, I wanna give you an opportunity, a moment to take a small step of faith. So if that's you tonight and you're saying, yeah, Adrian, I don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you once did, but now you're far from Him, you wouldn't say that you have a relationship with God. I wanna pray a real simple prayer. I wanna invite you just to pray along with me in your heart. Dear God, I know that I've messed up and made mistakes but I believe that you, Jesus, died on the cross for my sins. Tonight, I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me. Today, I choose to follow you, to commit my life into your hands from today and forever. And if that's you and you prayed that really simple prayer, I wanna ask you to take one more step of faith. I wanna know who I'm praying for. I wanna pray one more little prayer at the end and pray God's blessing on you, but I need to know who I'm praying for. And so I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I want you right where you are, be real brave and just put your hand up. Straight up in the, straight up in the air and I'll see that and acknowledge that and you can put it back down. So if that you and you said, yes, Adrian, I prayed that prayer. Three, two, one. Why don't you pop your hand up right now? Awesome, is anybody else that's saying, yeah, Adrian, I prayed that prayer? Awesome, I see their hand at the back. Anybody else? God, I just pray for every single person that tonight God has given their life to you. God has chosen to follow you, God. God, we celebrate, we celebrate them, God. We thank you for them. We thank you for the change that has now happened and the change that you're about to bring. I pray your blessing and your hand on them and your favour on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, can we celebrate those people? Awesome. Can we thank Adrian for a great word? I think that's going to help so many people. I really think it's going to be a super helpful people a message to a whole bunch of people. And hey, I want to, I want to encourage you to do something. If, if you raised your hand tonight and you just said yes to Jesus, can I say we're so proud of you? We think it's the most amazing thing you could ever do with your life. And I'd love for you to take one more step beyond just putting your hand up. I would love 
for you to grab this little connect card off your seat. And uh, we, wanna, we would love nothing more than to help you on your journey. And uh, we don't know your story. We don't know where you're at. Uh, we don't want to harass you or anything like that. We, we just want to help you. This is the beginning of an incredible journey. And you, you might not even have a Bible. We want to give you a Bible. You might want to know the depths of what it is to follow Jesus. We want to walk that journey with you. We'd love to just help you along, along the way. It would be our joy to do that. And uh, so what I ask you to do is don't let putting up your hand be your only step. Take another one. Put your name on this card. Take the little box that says, I'm committing or recommitting my life to Christ. And as we take, we're going to take up an offering soon and the buckets are going to go by. And when they do, you can drop that straight in there. And, and we would just love to follow you up and, and let you know uh, how you can go forward in this walk with Jesus. You're not alone. We so want to help you. It would be our joy to do that. Hey, um, there's a bunch of other stuff